Rise and Offer. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jehovah is the man above. Let's sing it one more time. The God. <speaking in Spanish> The Bible says, these signs shall accompany those that believe. Now, there are spirits from God that accompanies those who believe. But there are also spirits that accompany those who do not believe. It's a fundamental principle. And anytime children of God gather, the devil always comes there. And how does he come? Distraction. You come and you want to say that, okay, let's just come and hear what he say. Or you come and tell me that, you know, once he's preaching, I'll just be checking on Instagram. That is distraction. And the enemy of distraction, the enemy of direction is distraction. Distraction will not allow you to see the right path. It will not allow you to look at the 20% that can help your life and destiny. So you are going to pray that every spirit of distraction that has followed me here, live in the name of Jesus. Can, I, can you pray? I can't hear you pray. Lift up your voice and cry to Jehovah. Every spirit of distraction that will not allow me to be blessed, that will say that your coming will be in vain, live in the name of Jesus. I command and I decree in the name that is above all names, live, vamos, in the name of Jesus. I'm going to be blessed. My life will turn around. Today will be a day of change. In the name of Jesus, every resources that I need for, to, for life and godliness, it will come to me. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And our dear Father, I never want to thank you for this moment as we study about, about you and about gratitude. We ask that the Holy Spirit will move. You will make our hearts your throne room. Like on the day of Pentecost, your Holy Spirit will rest on us. Your light of understanding will give us more in-depth understanding of your word in the name of Jesus. And at the end of today, we will return the glory and honor to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we've prayed. And I can't hear you believing. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, we've prayed. Amen. You can have your seat. I want to appreciate PJ. You know, it's been a long time coming. How many of you knew your assistant pastor? Yeah. <laughs> right, it's been a long time coming. And um, how many of you have seen me on this side of the auditorium? You know, like on a day like this. How many of you have seen me? Okay, one. All right, two. Um, 
this assignment is one of the assignments I don't like. And I told PJ over time that until there's lean opened, I'm not going to be here. You know, we dragged out over a period of years until I told him that until there's lean opened. Until, you know, the deacon thing came and I was ordained a deacon a few days ago. <laughs> but there's, hallelujah. <laughs> but it's not a cheap density tattoo, right? It's not because our brother Stephen was a deacon. And there was no mention of deacon on his name as a title. But anytime he needs to um, give food and all that, they have to call him a deacon. Right? So, um, so it's not a title. It's not a cheap title. But talking about it, um, I want to appreciate the choir. God bless you abundantly. You know, we saw you guys um, during the convention, and I was reading the comments on YouTube, and people were blessed. My prayer is that you go from strength to strength, power to power, anointing to anointing in the name of Jesus. Your next performance will be more deeper than what you've done in the name of Jesus. So shall it be. Right. Today I'll be talking about gratitude, and um, I also need to... <laughs> So I appreciate my dear brother, you see. You can see he's wearing white. He's my best man. <laughs> he's my best man for today. All right, so um, I'll be talking about gratitude, um, part two. And I'm not the kind of person that enjoys part one, part two, part three. You know, especially when it gets to part eight or part ten. I don't really enjoy it. I feel that. But I was looking at the concept. And I was like, okay, wow, it would be a good concept if we can have part one, part two, part three, part four, and end part four. You know, gratitude month. It would be a good thing. And I was like, okay, you know what? No, Allah. Let's move, you know. <laughs> right, so I'll be reading from Matthew chapter 14, verse 13 to 19. It's a very popular verse. And I always love using popular scriptures so that we'll start from somewhere. You cannot teach a five-year-old um, integral calculus. You cannot teach a 15-year-old Fourier series if you don't have something you can start with, like you start with addition, move to multiplication, then on and on, algebra and stuff like that. So if you are not a science student or an engineering student, and I ask you to prove a Fourier series, how many of you are engineering students? Oh, I'm the only one. Oh, two. Which course, sorry? Which course? Chemical. Ah, you know, those guys, they are, you know, my school, chemical engineers, the lecturers, Permit me to use this word, we call them sadists. Because there is no first class student in their class, and they are always looking for a problem with you. Anyway, um, so Fourier series, right? If I ask an accountant to prove a Fourier series, he will find it very difficult because he doesn't even know where to start from. Right? So we need to start from something that we can agree with. You, are, you understand? Are you with me? So Matthew chapter 14. Um, Matthew chapter 14, is Mark in the Old Testament? Um, is it in the New Testament or is it in the Common Testament? All right, Matthew chapter 14, and I'll read. I'm reading from, let me use um, New King James. I'll read from verse 13. Sorry, let me make something big. Right. When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. When Jesus said what? When Jesus said that um, John was bearded. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot <laughs> from the cities. 
And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. He was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. Three points. When he heard the bad news, he moved to a deserted place, right? And when he went, people followed him and he was moved with compassion. When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And he said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave it to the multitude. I have something here. Crackers, right? Now, if I gave um, bro Peter this to distribute for everybody, I'm sure that my best man and Peter will have already finished it <laughs> before it even got get to um, Caesar Kufu and, and the rest. And that's the same thing. Five loaves and two fish for 5,000 people. How, how come? How, how did they manage it? But that's not where we are going. We are going to that verse 18. Jesus was sad. When he heard the news, an emotion came on him, and he decided that, ah, let me just go and calm myself. Right, so I'll be talking about self-esteem. Self-esteem, I'll start from self-esteem. And I have two nuggets for you today. Two nuggets, because I always believe, you know, I'm, I'm a science student, I study electrical electronics, and I, I believe that, I believe that parental principle it's a fundamental principle for life and godliness. You only need 20% of your priorities to give you 80% of your productivity. So I only need to focus on 20% of my character so that I can get 80% of the value. Do you understand? And that has always been working. So anytime I come to church, I focus on 20%. The 20% can be in the text. The 20% can be in the ministration. So what is your 20%? When the Bible was talking about tight, 10%, it was going somewhere. He understood the importance of 10%, but I felt like, you know what, let's go deeper. Let's double it. And I, I'm a very logical person, you know, and I try to always, when the Bible says in Proverbs 25 that it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, it's the glory of kings to search it out. I feel that searching it out means that there's a footprint that I can see and I can relate with on the surface of ground. So everything that is happening in the realm of the spiritual will always leave a footprint. And it has helped me in a way that while, you know, while I was growing up, schooling and everything, I make sure that I save 50% of my income. 50% of my income. Because I know I will get to a point where I'll need to buy something very expensive. right? And then my three months... Um, um, calculation and budget can actually pay for it, right? So if you see me buying something expensive, know that I've actually calculated. My wife knows, my wife is an accountant, and she knows that I'm also an accountant, <laughs> you know? I calculate really because I, I always want to be among the movers and shakers of my generation. I always want to be among them. So when they are talking about movers and shakers, it has been a mentality set in me since when I was in school. That when they are calling for movers and shakers of your generation, I must be there. I don't want to say that I know this person. I know that I hate it. So I want to be there. And it has been in my mindset. I know that 
when you when you can undo money properly, you can command influence. So we need to have that understanding. But we are talking about gratitude, and don't let me digress, right? So Jesus was sad, and I, I, I do, if I look at the dictionary meaning of self-esteem, it's it's some people. If I explain it in church like that, they will believe that it's over spiritual. My 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 confidence is in God, you know. They will, they will go spiritual on me, but I'm going to simplify it, and I'll define self-esteem as your own positive or negative assessment or perspective about yourself. Your own positive or negative assessment or perspective about yourself. So how do you see yourself? That's self-esteem. Are you with me? So do you get my definition? What did I say? A positive or negative assessment or perspective about yourself. Simple. Right. Jesus was sad. Right. That someone that he loved departed. But he didn't allow that negative emotion you know, they didn't allow that negative emotion to encapsulate him from giving thanks when it comes to it. Um, some people don't really understand depression, and I understand that some people don't have the right words to describe the emotions they are going through, so they just look for one that is popular. I, I almost killed myself, and I have never told anybody this. I almost killed myself when I was in secondary school, and I was not depressed. I, <laughs> you know, the sons and daughters of preachers are very, very, you know, any little thing can make their head turn like this. Because the devil will always use them as projects. They will always say, let's even see the God that you believe. Let's see how it will affect your children. And I, I went, my mom said something, and just no matter, you know, and I was annoyed with myself. I went to the kitchen, I took knife, and I stood at the balcony, and I held the knife like this, and I was crying. And I was not depressed. I was just crying. And I I went to people express how how displeased they are, how sad they are. Sometimes that might be the right qualification for it, not that they are depressed. Jesus was sad, but there are some things that can help you to be motivated. When I was about to kill myself, the Holy Spirit was telling me that, hmm. I was there at the door and I was crying. I was like, hmm, you want to kill yourself. You are going to hell. And I was in secondary school because, you know, sons of preachers now, we know the Bible. You are going to, and the Holy Spirit was telling me, and I was able to differentiate it because at that time, I was like, I'm going to kill myself. And something was telling me at the same time. Now, two, two entities cannot occupy the same space. Let me tell you a fact. Two entities cannot occupy sp the same space. You cannot be thinking, you cannot be use, using your own conscience to think, and something is, and you are saying that it's your own spirit, and at the same time, something is telling you something. That's the spirit. A spirit is whether it's of God or devil. Something is talking to you, because if you are very conscious of yourself, and you are getting another inspiration, another thing, then you know that it is not your own ideology. It's not your own conscience. There is a spirit informing you something. And some people don't understand when the spirit is telling them, or when a negative spirit is telling them. That principle, I know that when I'm thinking of something, and something else is telling me of something, I know that there is and influence from somewhere. Not my own spirit. It's not my own conscience. Right, so if you have a very low self-esteem, then the feeling of gratitude will always tend to zero. That's a fact. When you have a low self-esteem, you cannot appreciate God. 
As a matter of fact, you won't even be thinking clearly. You won't be thinking straight. You will be annoyed like I was. I was not thinking straight. But look at Jesus. Jesus understood that there is a positive dimension of, of myself, as of himself. He understood that I, 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 have, a, I have a treasure in Edin Vesu. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. A treasure in Edin Vesu. How do you assess that treasure? How do you, how do you know you have a treasure? Okay, fine. The treasure is to that the excellency of God may be that the, the excellency, excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. But how do you know you have that treasure when you cannot do a self-evaluation? Now, Jesus knew that he had a treasure. And he knew that nothing can take away this treasure, no matter the emotion that comes my way. So if we have that, that understanding that, see, no matter the issue that comes my way, my heart of gratitude to God will always be intact. When you have a very low self-esteem, let me tell you, your heaven will be brass. <laughs> and the ground that you walk on will be iron. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 33. Deuteronomy 28, verse 33. It talks about the heaven being brass. Now, how does the heaven, how, how, what does it even mean, the heaven being brass? That means that the manna from heaven will not be able to get to you. The blessings that God wants to drop in your heart, you will never get it because something is covering it. And when you want to raise prayers, when you want to raise prayers to heaven, it will bounce back. Have you ever gotten to a point in your life that you know you are praying and the prayer is not, it's not passing through? You know it, that the prayer is not passing through. I have experienced it several times. I have experienced it several times. I'm not going to deceive you. So you need to understand that if you have a, self, a low self-esteem, your heaven will be brass and the ground beneath you will be iron. And, you know, when, when, when the ground beneath you is iron, just imagine yourself walking on an iron ground, walking in everywhere is iron, flat, from here to the bus stop. And you're walking on this. Very soon, things will be difficult. Your legs will be aching you. And that is what it means that your business, you're not seeing progress. You're not seeing success. Why don't you follow the principle Jesus laid? He was sad. But again, there was an energy that made him give thanks. I use this biscuit as an example because you'll be able to understand it that it's not sufficient to give you this kind of biscuit to everybody yet. But Jesus too was sad. So Jesus has experienced what we are going through. And without understanding, since that day, I have discovered that all I need to do is give thanks. And I'm giving you, I'm sharing my testimony and I'm going to share a couple of testimonies about myself so that you know that what I'm telling you is not head knowledge, it's not just a wishy-washy kind of thing. You know, when I met my wife, right, um, around that time, 2010, and <laughs> there's something about my, about my wife that a lot of people don't know. Um, I don't know, maybe she wants me to say it. We're actually age mates. You know, we are actually age mates, and a lot of people look at her and they feel like maybe this one is I'm five years older. I didn't believe it either, you know, until I saw, even when I saw the best certificate, I said, no, this is fake. That, this is your fake age. I wanted, until I met the mom, and then eventually I was convinced. Now, where am I going? I have short time. Um, thank you, Jesus. It's my prayer for you this day that the spirit of gratitude will fill your heart in the name of Jesus. I ask the Holy Spirit to give his light 
into your heart that every dark areas of your life will remove in the name of Jesus. If your channels of your spirit are blocked, you will never understand gratitude. If your channels of your spirit are blocked, you never understand gratitude. Let me quickly give you an example. John chapter, John chapter 7, verse 38. It says, See that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. Out of his belly. Now, when you believe something, when you believe something, there needs to be um, there needs to be a process. And you don't believe something if you don't have a relationship with that person or with that thing. Someone will not just wake up one day and say that I want to give you 50 million. There must have been a relationship. Do you understand what I'm saying? There must have been a relationship. And if there is no relationship, if there is no relationship, things will always go south. Right? So if someone wants to give you, if someone wants to give you, if someone has the potential to bless your life, and you don't know how to develop a rapport with that person, and you don't know how to build a relationship with that person, things will go south. Things will go south. Right, so, channels of your spirit are what also makes you to believe God. When your channels, when your spirit are, when the channels of your spirit are open, you will be able to understand and believe God when he says that I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do that for you. You know, I, I, need, I need Spicy to be on the keyboard because there's a song in my spirit now. Channels of my spirit, open up. I am with the Father, open up. No boundaries, no limit, open up. Let deep call unto deep. Open. Let's sing it one more time. Choir, help me out. Channels of your spirit. Sing. Channels. Channels I am with the Father. Open up. Open no boundaries don't limit. Open up. Amen. Let Deep call unto thee, now, prayer is very sweet when you get answers. Now, I said answers, I didn't say solution. That, don't give, that God didn't give you a solution didn't mean that I didn't hear you. It's only if your channels of your spirit is open. Only if your channels of your spirit is open. So when in Daniel chapter 10 verse 12, <laughs> Daniel chapter 10, verse 12 to 13. But we don't need to read it. Daniel made some prayers, and it was delayed for 21 days. Yet for those 21 days, it didn't bother him. He didn't think that, God, why didn't you do it? He didn't complain. He didn't think about it. Why? Because Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says that all things work for good for those who believe. Everything works for good for those who believe. And the reason why you are bothered is because you are a child. And haven't grown up to be a son or a friend of God. There are five positional relationships with God. And some other time we'll talk about it. The first one is enemies of God. Second one is um, children of God. Third one is servants of God. Fourth one is sons of God. And the fifth one is friends of God. Five. 
Now, we are all enemies at one point or the other before we give our life to Christ. Then we began to move, began to move. And if you're a son of God, you can still be a servant of God. It's a position. And Jesus was working in a position of being a son of God. But some other time we explain it. But I want to talk about something quickly because of time. Um, Apostle Joshua Selman said something about relationship with men. He said there are three types. The first one, he called it a generational relationship. The one you general relationship, brother. The one you just meet people, you know, and have a relationship with them. Maybe someone to buy, you want to buy something from someone, or you meet someone on the road, you know. Then the second one is seasonal, right? You meet them occasionally. But there's third one, which is the destiny. The third one, which is destiny. There are some people in your life that can actually help you, but because of over-familiarity, over-familiarity. And you know something about over-familiarity is that if you, are, if you have that mentality, you will never publicly say any positive thing about that person. You will always look for something bad about to say, that person didn't do this, that person didn't do that. You will never capitalize on the gains and the positive mentality that the person has added value to you. So if you are over-familiar with somebody, I want to give you some strategies because of time. I want to give you some strategies you need to use. You don't need to be asking for money every time you call someone up. I remember PJ was saying that, am I holding your intestine? You know, it got to a point I was asking, am I holding your intestine? The, the basic approach that I use is I, have a, I first start with a relationship. I start by asking for advice. I start by giving feedback to you concerning the advice you've given me. So if I walked up to you and asked, well, how can I go about this? And I can go about that. And you explain yourself, okay, you explain, you can do this, you can do that. And I go back to the drawing board, I work on it. Next week, I come back to you to ask for advice again that this is what I've done concerning what I've, you've advised me. There will be a time when I'll have a need. And what I'll just hear is, come up, let's talk. And I've done that with a lot of people. I've had that relationship with a lot of people to a point that, it didn't get to a point that I said, bros, if you don't pay me, I'm coming to sleep in your house. If you don't give me anything, and you say, don't worry, you can come. And how did we start this? We started this with a relationship. Now, when you are over familiar with someone, you will never see anything good about that person. People with such, um, such mentality never understand gratitude because they can never genuinely tell you the good they like and appreciate about you. All they see is what you haven't done, even, even though deep down they know that um, you have some good attributes. Romans chapter 10 verse 10, I'll, I'll be pretty fast. Romans chapter 10 verse 10 says that until we confess, we are saved. So there's a need for you to open your mouth to show gratitude. You can't say that I'm, I'm grateful for him without showing it. You can't say I'm grateful to him without giving something. That's why we offer gratitude. You can't say that you have gratitude when you cannot openly and publicly announce it. Uh, you know, I'm not surprised because someone to do the same thing to me over familiarity and <laughs> you know what I did was just bang, bang, block and I quoted the scriptures Matthew chapter 5 also if your right hand causes you to sin cut it off if it's your eye somebody that you trust more and is giving you some annoying things and is making you get annoyed cut it off and you block that person that guy <laughs> although it's a joke anyway but that guy that guy has lost a connection even if he has five he has lost one and he doesn't even know when he will need it. And over-familiarity brings that. Because some people have an entitlement mentality. God should be able to do it for me now. Am I not serving him? Why is it God? You know, why, why is it that I have cancer? Why is it that I'm sick? Why is it not God? And you have that mentality. 
Just imagine you're talking to a friend or somebody that is in a position to help you and you're having that mentality with him. He's going to ignore you. Do you think he'll be saying, sorry, sir, you know, no vex, I'm sorry. It's so annoying. So the strategy I've already shared with you is you need to have a relationship. And that's when it means that those who believe in my name, out of their belly shall flow rivers of living waters. For you to believe there is a first step that you need to take is to have a relationship. For you to ask God, what is your advice concerning this situation? And you just chill for him to speak to you. Once you start having it, you will see how the, out of your belly, things, issues of life will flow. And that's the fundamental truth that I have used, and it has helped me. We've read already in Matthew chapter 5, you know, how, um, how, how prayers can be accepted, right, just by giving thanks. You know, I was with um, AOC, I was with AOC, actually I don't want to call his name, but I was with him in camp, and he shared something with me about his dad. He said when they were young, armed robbers, hired assassins that came to the house, and they told his dad that somebody has already paid for your life. Someone has already paid for your life, so we are not here to negotiate. But the man looked up and he looked at the calendar. You know, I don't know what his name, the Amat something. You know, those calendars CAC people use that have different heads of people, you know, those big calendars. And the other person looked at him and said, oh, you are so, so, and so. He told these guys that we cannot do this. Why? What happened? Because there was a point when his wife, the other person's wife, was pregnant, and in the mission house, they needed somebody, you know, they need the clothes and the provisions and everything. And this guy didn't have the complete of it. So it was his dad that actually helped him. Helped him, got everything together, and carried it on his behalf to the mission house. And when that guy looked at it, he said, no, no, we cannot continue with this assignment. Now, what does it mean? When you have, when you show gratitude, the angel of death that is knocking at your door can do about turn. So when we read Exodus chapter 12, verse 13, and we are reading it, you know, with fervency and with zeal. There's an understanding behind it that when you show gratitude, angel of death that is knocking at your door will see a mark. And when he sees that mark, he will turn back. Sorry, when, when, what time am I supposed to end? In how many minutes time? Amen. Let me, I think I have five minutes. I'm not 100% sure. I want to, I want to, you know, 10 minutes, right? Okay. Wow. Thank you for giving me. I'm supposed to stand by 10.55 anyway. But, um, right. So I'm going, to, I'm going to conclude by this. Galatians chapter 3, verse 3. It's a very popular scripture. You start, you, it was talking about the Galatians that they are so foolish. That they started it in spirit, but they finished it in flesh. So my brother was, when he was leading um, the songs, he was talking about gratitude. And he was saying that he has mandated him of, that every day is going to appreciate God. Now, some people will start, and I don't want to mention names, some people will start, first day, second day, third day, fourth day, ah, I, I don't think I can continue. Look at that scripture. You started in, in zeal, you started with an understanding, but along the line, boom, it's like this forex market, it just went down, pam, and you lost money. And that's how it works. Right? He said, oh foolish Galatians, Having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Do you think that because, you know, the 31 days challenge, you feel that it's just one of those things that the church people used to say. And you're not looking at the 20% and capitalizing on it and saying, you know what, I'm going to dwell on this and I'll see what is at the end of the tunnel. I want you to rise on your feet. 
because there's a lot I would have loved to talk about. There's a lot I would have loved to talk about, but time is of the essence. We cry above Father, hallowed be your name, hallowed be your name, hallowed be song into prayer that my whole life will be an expression of your grace in every aspect of my life my whole life will be an expression of your grace when people look at me they will see excellence when people look at me they will see gratitude oh god i can't hear you pray i can't hear you pray i want everybody to pray everybody under the sound of my voice i want you to pray if you can speak in tongues speak in tongues but ask god that i want my whole life to be an expression of your grace because i understand that when i have your grace i will have speed when i have your grace i will have blessings in the name of jesus in jesus mighty name we pray you reign you ancient Zion's king
thank you. What of our hearts is that thank you, Jesus. What else can we offer to you? What our praise, what our praise. I wanted to speak in tongues. I wanted to speak in tongues. God is ready to do great things if you can only show gratitude. He's ready to turn your sorrow into gladness. God, the oil of anointing is on your head right now. The oil of anointing is dropping it. He's dropping it here. The oil of anointing is ready to do great things. So bring the tongues, speak in tongues to the King of Kings. Edify your spirit. Edify your mind. Edify your soul. Edify your spirit. Edify your mind. Reka la la reka Father, give us grace to have a relationship of gratitude with you. To have a relationship of gratitude to our destiny help us. Not to have an over-familiar mentality. Not to have a mentality like a villager. God, give us the grace. We need your grace, we need your enablement. Jesus, Son of God, have mercy. In Jesus' mighty name, we worship. There's something I learned over time that love is a command. But building relationship is at your own choice. And I'm not saying choice as a noun, I'm saying choice as a verb. It's at your own choice. Building relationships. It's your choice. It's not, there's no command in the scripture that says you must have it. Guys, you need to open up your, you need to open your, your mental blogata. You need to understand that you need to highlight and see people that can help you in your areas of need. People that have the grace to assist you. And always look for how you can have a relationship with them. Don't look at it that this guy is driving a Benz and I'm asking for 1000 He doesn't see that I need money. Don't look at it that way. I have built a relationship. And God is telling me here, there's someone here that, that has been your mentality. Your mentality is just that, oh, he thinks he's rich. You think that he's, he's rich, Abby. My own turn is coming. Let me tell you something. Your own turn might never come with that mentality. And it's not a cost, my brother. It's not a cost, my sister. It's a principle. You need to look at people that have the grace to cover your need. If you are in need of money, you need to look at people that can cover it and ask for advice. How can I get this? How can I help it? Once you start doing it, they will be forced to look at you. And now that this, my guy, nothing will come to him. And they will be the one to put their hands and drag you everywhere. That's why some people say that they have the grace of favor. Have you ever seen somebody like that? They will say they have the grace of favor. Because anytime they go somewhere, they will just look at you and say, ah, I like this person. Let me tell you that. It is because there is a spirit that is following him. These signs shall accompany those who believe. That's what the Bible says. So there is a spirit of favor because he has that mentality. Because he has that mentality. Guys, you need to think about it. You might think that you are young at this time. Let me tell you something. I was in your shoes. I was in your shoes. But I had a different mentality because I want to be among the movers of my generation. I'm still going far. Amen. I'm going to share this and we'll pray. 
Another time when I was, I went to camp, another time when I was dating my wife, and I was so concerned about my future. I was really concerned about it. So I went to camp, and the Joe was making prophecies, so I wrote everything down. My wife can bear me witness. I wrote everything down. I pasted it in on the wardrobe of my, of my room. So every time I wake up, I'll just decree it into being. And there was one very prominent, and everything happened. But there was one that says that you move from ordinary to extraordinary within three years. And, and I was telling my wife and a couple of others that, ah, that you have said it too. It's for me. That you have said it for me. So I started praying it, not thanking God. I started praying it into being. When the three years got, and I saw how far I've moved, I, have saw, I saw how far I've moved, I started thanking God, thinking that I have reached the climax, thinking that I've reached it. That was 2013. I thought I've reached the best of the best. Because then I looked at my income, and I was wondering, that, ah, Yimika, you're not a big boy. Yimika, you can afford this. You have the money for this. You know, the first time I became a millionaire, I called my wife, and I told my wife, I'm not a millionaire. You know, I was just playing with her. And he was like, I'm she was like, don't say it out loud, though. don't say it out loud. Though. I said, ah, but I am a millionaire now. You can have one millionaire. <laughs> you know. <laughs> now that was my mentality then. And I thought I've reached it. I have my car. I thought I've now you can you are comfortable. I was like, okay, what's next? And I started giving thanks. I started giving thanks. I was thanking God for it. I was thinking, honestly, I was thinking that I've reached the maximum. What else? I can just continue. And I was talking God for it. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. You know, Yubai used to say that one more but I didn't know that it was just a small thing for me. I started thanking God, oh, thank you, thank you. And I, I had this aspiration that before I clocked 30, I must buy my own house. That was my idea, before I clocked 30. So I was like, and my wife was saying, that you can't do this thing. You know what? And I was scared. Now, which one is difficult? For, for God to part the Red Sea or for the children of Israelites to walk on it? Which one is difficult? None is easy. None is easy, but because of their mentality, if they don't see ground, they will not pass. My mentality then was that, ah, if I cannot make my calculations right, I cannot proceed with this deal. And I was rushing, I was saying, I was like, take this risk, do this. And I was like, oh, get away, you know. And you know what? We were talking about it a few, few months ago. And I was like, if we've started it, we would have completed it. Like, we would have paid everything, taken mortgage and paid everything like two years or three years ago. My understanding was shallow. And I told myself that I would learn from people that have the grace. And when I look at PJ, I saw the grace on his life. We don't agree on a couple of things, but there's some things that I look at and I appreciate God in their lives. So I look at PJ, I calculate how you take risk. I say, you know what, you are going to refine yourself. Now, you need to look at people that have grace that you need, the area that covers your need. When you look at it and you can highlight it, you see that you'll be focused. And that's what I mean by the enemy of, enemy of direction is distraction. Because when you are focused, every time, every day, it will be better. It will be, you'll be thinking of it. You'll be thinking of it. So you're going to make one final prayer point. That each day of my life will be better than the previous. That's my favorite prayer. That each day of my life will be better than the previous. Each week of my life will be better than the previous. Each month of my life will be better than the previous. Each year of my life will be better than the previous. Anytime I do an assessment and I look at how far God has taken me, I'll be just be thanking God because I know He's taking me higher. He's taking me to a better place. So we declare into this place that God for every person here in the name of Jesus, each day will be better. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. I'm sorry for taking our time. I need to round up now. Our dear Father, I never want to thank you for this moment. That Father is my prayer. It's my prayer. That each day, for everyone that is here, 
that dishonored the sound of my voice. Each day will be better than the previous in the name of Jesus. A few days ago, you told me that now this is the right time for me. You told me that since two anointed men of God laid their hands on you, and it was strange, you told me that it's for something important. It's for something important, like a commissioning that you are now ready. Father, I ask, O oh Lord, for with, based on that understanding, on the foundation of that understanding, and on the foundation of the laying offense, I decree that each week will be better than previous for everyone here in the name of Jesus. I ask that the channels of their life, the channels of their spirits, it will open up in the name of Jesus. It out of their belly, streams of living water shall flow. In the name of Jesus, every blockage, every death, the Holy Spirit will blow it out. In the name of Jesus, I decree and I command prophetically into everybody's life, your life will never remain the same. In the name of Jesus, as you think about it each day, that this is the right time to say gratitude to God. Your life will never remain the same in Jesus' name. The necessary understanding that you need to conquer each and every day, God will grant it unto you. In the name of Jesus, you started in spirit, you will not end in flesh. In the name of Jesus, what you have started in spirit, I say you will not end in flesh. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for asking our prayer, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. If you believe that, put those beautiful hands together for Jesus. Thank you.